What's good, everyone? Welcome to the show. Um, I'm back from my five, six days in Tucson. It was really, really awesome if you guys ever get the chance. Um, it's a nice little... Uh, well, it, to me, it's it feels like a, a small town, but it is... I guess you can consider it a city. Yeah, it's, it's a city. It's a sort of college atmosphere, but also you can get away from all of that and go to the, uh, it's really wide open spaces, unfathomably wide open spaces, in my opinion, like, I, um, I would look out into the desert, and just, it would blow my mind how far it went, like, here, like, on the coast, you don't really get that sense, because there's, you know, things obstructing your view, but, uh, the flatness of the American Southwest, it's, it's, it's own sort of character on this on this planet. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you can find it in other, other places, especially other deserts, but um, it was special to me because it really, with the, um, uh, they have these uh, saguaro cactuses in the Saguaro National Park over there in Tucson, and it's, uh, you really feel like it's the Old West, like nothing's changed. If you, if you just imagine yourself couple hundred years ago out there, you feel like a cowboy. If you guys have ever played Red Dead Redemption, it feels like that. Um, because you get from, like, the hot, hot desert sun with cactuses. Cacti? Cacti. Hanging around everywhere. Um, and then you go up in elevation, and uh, you'll find that it's a little bit colder, a little north, northern California sort of, sort of uh, feel to it. Um, still dry, but cooler up in the, um, the in Mount Lemon. Uh, and on top of that, it's an hour or so away from uh, from the border with Mexico. We went to Nogales as well um, to visit Mexico for a few hours, which is really amazing. You don't even you need your passport on the way back, but going in, there's there's no sort of border check or anything. You just sort of walk, roll up like like you like you own the place. But, um, but yeah, it was really, really incredible. Um, and I want to thank my good friends, uh, Caroline, um, especially Jordan. Jordan let me stay at her place for the, the few days. Special shout-out to you, Jordan. And, uh, and Yasmin, um, especially for that awesome, uh, killer uh, breakfast burrito on my last morning uh, in, in Arizona. So thanks for that. Um, you guys should check out Arizona. Really, really an incredible state. Um, not overlooked, but um, but maybe not the first destination people think about when they think about the United States. So go check it out. Check out the Old West as it was before. Yes, go do that. Uh, let's get the um, these plugs out of the way and we can jump right in. Um, if you use Amazon and you want to support the podcast, uh, go on my website, funboatdiplomacy.com. On the right-hand side of any page, you'll find my Amazon portal link, and just go ahead and click that link. As a matter of fact, bookmark that link uh, and use that Amazon link anytime you shop on Amazon, and uh, and you, you'll, you'll be supporting the podcast without even... Uh, without any extra money coming out of your pocket. Um, because Amazon gives me a small cut of your purchase as commission, and you help keep the lights on 
podcast speaking. The lights, you don't know, you don't need to worry about me having lights. Um, I've got lights um, in the evenings if I need to read or edit the podcast or things. I can charge things. Electricity is not a not a not a big deal, is what I'm trying to say. Um, uh, for those of you who want to come visit San Francisco, uh, always always encourage it. Um, and uh, you can come stay stay with me uh, at the Pacific Trade Winds Hostel where I work. We work in here till till mid July or so. Um, and if you want a discount. You decide to come to San Francisco. You want to stay with me uh, here at the hostel. You can get a three dollar discount using the discount code Wayman's Friend Three. That's W E I M I N S F R I E N D Three for a three dollar discount off each of your nights here. Uh, it's about thirty nine, I think. I can even check. Hold on, I can check the prices. Du, 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 du. Let's see. And maybe not. Okay, well, I'm just going to say it's like 39 bucks minus three, 36 bucks for a night here in San Francisco. It's pretty good, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, come check it out. We can come hang. There's a lot of things to do in San Francisco, as you all probably already know from hearing uh, this podcast. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. I'll stop plugging uh, my things. And we'll just get right into this week's episode uh, with our repeat guest, um, my good friend Jamie Mandela. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Fun Boat Diplomacy podcast. I'm here today again, repeat guest, uh, Jamie Mandela. Welcome, Jamie. Hola. How's it going? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. This is right before he goes on to his how many day meditation <sighs> retreat. It's going to be a minimum of like uh, 12 days. Mm. Minimum of 12 days. Going up to provide uh, service. After you've gone up uh, a few times, uh, you go up there and uh, you facilitate for the meditators so that they can um, just meditate. Um and that's it. So probably like working the kitchen feed so that when the meditators go up there, that's the only thing they have to concern themselves with. Can you like set up that uh, for people who don't know, like what you're going to be doing or what uh, what organization this is? All right. Um, Vipassana. Vipassana. As taught by S.N. Goenka. Goenkaji. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, the method of meditation that the Buddha had used to gain enlightenment. Um, it's insight meditation. Um, it's non-religious. It's not tied to any religion. When you go there, people from so many different, uh, backgrounds go there. Um, because I would consider it to be jumping a little bit ahead. Um, a lot of people will, you know, take the Buddha as far as being like, a, a religious figure. Like a prophet. Like a, like a prophet or something. And yeah, that's, that is true. But I mean, when you when you actually read what he said about the brain and what he found out about meditation and and what uh what science is saying now when they can see how the brain works under meditation, it's amazing that he understood better than anybody how how the brain worked. So um, 
it's a form of meditation. Uh, you do, uh, it's free. Uh, it, actually, it's not free. <laughs> you have to meditate a real lot. Um, and that, uh, uh, it's very hard. It's very difficult uh, when you don't talk. There's no talking for 10 days. Um, you eat two meals. Um, your first time up through there, you can actually have an apple at 6 o'clock. And an apple is never tasted better, ever, ever, than, uh, than when you're getting used to the process. Um, Wait, so you arrive, and uh, what time do you arrive to this to start? Well, generally you have to be there three three to five. Um, because I'm serving, I have to be up there by twelve tomorrow. Um, so I've never served before, so I don't know exactly what that entails. There's a little bit more freedoms as far as like, um, usually there's like, you get up there three to five. They give a dissertation as to like what you're gonna do, why you're gonna do it, and. Uh, and once they hit the boom, once they hit the gong, no talking. You're not supposed to look at anybody else um, or make any sort of contact, nonverbal, verbal, or anything like that. Now, now if you kind of do, nobody hits you with a stick or comes out. Or, but you're you're up there for a reason, and uh, that's why it's free, so that you, uh, you know, you approach it from the standpoint of being like a monk so that you're there to meditate. That's what you're there to do on the generosity of others. So you try to put the best foot forward, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've done that a few times. Most of my friends uh, can't believe that I, I, I don't talk for 10 days, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think you're about laughing. it. You're laughing, you're laughing. I didn't even think about me. it until now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you go and you do it, and you just don't talk. And I never stopped to think... Jamie will be going up there for several <laughs> days and not talking. This is my third, this will be my fourth time. I've done it three times. It's it's amazing. I uh, it, I am definitely a walking oxymoron. I do appreciate my my quiet times, um, but you know me. I'm I'm relatively uh, gregarious. <laughs> you, want, you want to say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, gregarious just, itself. Just the, just the touch. Just the touch of that. Um, but yeah, you go up there and, um, uh, so the overall process is the, at first you go up there and what you're doing is you're just paying attention to the breath going in and out of your nostrils. It's the first thing that you do. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to, uh, bring your awareness. This is all about awareness. Um, being aware of sensations is, uh, is basically the basic thing of it because before you have any sort of emotion, before you have any sort of feeling that goes on or before you do any sort of action, there is a sensation in your body that informs, um, on another note, we'll get into it, like, uh, it gets into epigenetics, like how epigenetics work. And then you realize that, oh, that works for everything. Yeah, um, like deeper almost than intuition if it goes down to like, yeah, well, like a, like um, a DNA level sort of oh, absolutely. Uh, intuition absolutely. that we don't really know where it came from. Like it's like, well, you know where, it, but the science behind it, we're not quite sure yet. No, but really quickly with the epigenetics, and one of the things I learned about epigenetics, and this is, I do tie it into the Vipassana. Well, is, do you want to explain epigenetics to the to Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'll do it like this. Well, okay. the thing is, is that... For years and years and years, and, and most of you that are listening to this, like because they still teach it like this, is like we think of the nucleus. The nucleus is the brain of the cell. And uh, nothing could be further from the fucking truth. 
nothing could be further from the truth. And it's been proven, uh, uh, I learned this from a Dr. Bruce Lipton, who was uh, the foremost person to uh, uh, start uh, um, cloning stem cells. And then a lot of stuff going on, so I'm just going to cut to the chase. What he found out was is the outside, the membrane, the cell membrane on the outside, the feeling portion of the cell would inform, and that's basically the brain, the driver. So since we're all cells, the way that we touch and the way that we feel the world or the way the world is, we perceive it is the way that we inform the inside of our body, our nucleus, our brain, whatever. But the thing is, is that the way we touch, the way we feel is, is, is paramount. That's, that's the thing. So understanding when these uh, sensations come up in your body, like say if you're, when you're angry or something like that, all of a sudden you feel warm. You feel the warmth come up through you. I mean, that's a gross feeling. But at the same time, when you're dealing with the subconscious, there's all these little things. Like, say if you're a, you know, a person that just drank a coffee or something like that. You walk by a coffee, a place that sells coffee or something. You smell a little bit of coffee. All of a sudden, there's an alert in your brain. This coffee would be delicious. You just drank a coffee. You don't need it. But there's this, like this urge to, like, maybe get another coffee. That's a very simple example of it, but we do that with all of our emotions, all of our thought processes. We do that, like in, uh, and especially in real life when we're just moving around really quickly, we're we're very quick to uh, um, placate to those sensations. Or you know, I'm mad right now. I just get pissed off about something, and all of a sudden you change the narrative. You become the narrative as opposed to living in a narrative is the way that I would like to put it. So, um, the passion deals with that, and. Uh, so you go up there and you do that, and initially, like I said, you're paying attention to the breath and sensations, and the next level of it after day three, you start learning the real Vipassana, and what you do is you scan your body from top to bottom, start at the top of your head, and all you're doing is you're trying to feel sensations. You're just feeling sensations. No judgment, no nothing. You don't stay with it. You don't own it, but you just notice that it's there. So you continue this process throughout uh, uh the entire thing and you can meditate up to like 16 hours a day you know what i mean last time i last time i averaged probably about seven hours of like legit meditation and uh and uh then you start to uh, you know by the end of uh, the thing you start to feel those sensations you start to feel things because you're paying attention and it's uh and you just realize how much like um within your own self or within your own mind you're almost like a rat walking around like this little maze and you bump into like a wall and, bzz, and okay, I go this direction, bzz, I go this direction, bzz, I go this direction. And that's pretty much what we do. So the Vipassana is meant to be able to feel the sensations, see the sensations, and know that uh, Goenka says, Anicca, Anicca, arising and falling, arising and falling. And you go through these periods. But what we end up doing is like human, like people, is a, uh, we attach ourselves to these sensations, these feelings, these emotions, and we either want them to go away or we want them to stay. And that is the root of all suffering right there. And that's when they talk about impermanence and life is suffering and stuff. If, uh, uh, I always like to say the Buddha is not Buddhist and Jesus was not a Christian. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but their teachings are, are uh, pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, so hold on to things that make us happy. Yeah. It's a problem because then you, when it goes away, you're like, oh, well, yeah. fuck. And then when you hold on to things that make you unhappy, 
it's you you put your ego too much in both cases. Yeah, in both cases, it's funny how like both of them affect you negatively. Like the the good one affects you just as bad as like a you know aversion. Yeah, they both. Yeah, so we 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 sort of think of them as opposites, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're it's they're both uh, attachment, and then the opposite would be indifference. Yeah, on a on a on a funny on a on a funny note about that, like after doing like these types of trainings and stuff, I think uh, you know I see it sometimes. I see a dog outside when it's cold. Or you see cows outside when it's cold. Like when I was doing Vipassana last time, it was cold. Mm-hmm. And it was like frost outside, and there's there's, there's a cow farm across the street, and uh, uh, I'm looking at the cows, and there's you know condensation coming out of their nose. It's cold as shit, and I'm thinking, you know, because I had a lot of time to think. You know, it's amazing when you're doing the meditation that there's cows across the street because it becomes your only TV. <laughs> it's your social media, uh-huh. the cow across the street. Yeah. Um, but it, you look at them and you're like, did they like walk out the door of the barn and be like, fuck this, it's cold? Or are they just like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know if I can speak cow, but I mean, you know, we do that. Like, that's, I mean, I guess, you know, our uh, own complexities help us like create certain things because of. The, but keeping that in check and keeping that where it needs to be. Now, creating an aversion doesn't mean like I'm averse to fire. Well, you should walk in the no, not the, no, not that. But I mean, just the attachment, the attachment level of is 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 where we get ourselves in trouble. Because then you get into on a deeper level, you get into uh, the quantum world and you get into what you project and what you bring in. And I can say unequivocally that that is a real thing. Uh, you can tell that when you uh, either vibrate or you put out different vibes. I know it sounds so freaking hippie. But you put out good vibes, yeah. man. But no, that's real though. You know, you get up in the morning, you stub your toe, you're pissed off when you leave the house and you go to work. Guess what? Odds are you're going to make small little micro choices throughout the entire day that's going to lead you down a different path. Even the vibrations themselves. Yeah. You, as you said, it gets on the quantum level. It's sort of like Wi-Fi, for example, Wi-Fi, yeah. just like knocking around your 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 electrons a little bit. Yeah, they can can make a huge difference. I think. Well, when an angry person is around you, when you've been around like an angry person, like a real like angry person, you know when they walk into a room, all of a sudden you feel your muscles tense, and you're like, "Why the fuck is this happening?" It's because we affect we affect our area way more than we think. Mm-hmm. So um. So, uh, you know, the, the Vipassana, once again, it goes much, much deeper than that, and the teachings are much deep, deeper than that, but I would say as far as, like, the basics go, um, that's the whole deal, is you're, you're, you're trying to realize, like, you know, you're trying to be able to see from a, a non-passionate level, why do I do the things that I do? I mean, we all ask ourselves that. How many times do you do the same thing, whether it be, like, dating the same girl over and over? It's like, I'm in a different fucking state. And I have, like, the same exact girlfriend. I get the same exact problems that I had before. Like, why is that? Like, why does that happen all the time? You know, I'm in Costa Rica, and I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm from Boston. But, uh, um, and then you're like, how, how did I go to Columbia and find, like, the same? It's like, it's because you put it out there. That's, and, uh, uh, I'm about to be 43 next, in about two weeks. 
Really? Yeah. So we have your birthday. I'm going to do a meditation. Well, uh, I might be back. I might be back, uh, depending upon the time. But uh, what I'm really concerned about, you know, it's going to be really... Uh, <laughs> you want to know a sensation? Is Game of Thrones is coming on this Sunday. Oh, yeah, and I'm not going to watch it! Yeah, no. I don't know if I can... I mean, yeah, so I love Game of Thrones, but it's not like a... Massive attachment. Oh, I have an attachment to it. Yeah, but oh, I but I like I love just every week. Okay, here we go. Let's let's go deep into, into Westeros. Yeah, I love it. All of a sudden, I'm giving myself chills just thinking about that. Yeah, I don't even you'll be, you'll be meditating. You'll be meditating out there, not knowing what's going on. Well, you know what's going to end up happening is is that like that's you, you when you're doing that too, and as you start getting deeper and you start like meditating more and more and you get a little bit deeper and deeper and, and initially the first couple of days as you're trying to settle in that's where they give you sort of the three days before where you only concentrate on the breath going in in and out your nostrils you pay attention to like the little triangle right there and you just feel the breath going in and out no attachment no desires no controlling of the breath none of that just being as Gonga says just be aware being aware in and out, in Nietzsche, rising and falling. I just made him sound Italian. He's totally Indian now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the best Why thing not? ever. That's the best Why thing not? ever. Why he couldn't does, he be Italian? He does, he does, um, he does, uh, uh, it's still videotapes from 1992 mm-hmm. where he's doing the dissertations and uh, he does it. So I know all the stories because I've heard him over and over again. But it's, uh, um, it's, I gotta say, um, I don't think it should be mandatory for everybody in the world, but, uh, um, it's one of those things that no matter what you're involved in, uh, it will show you something that you don't know before. It's very hard. Yeah. Well, very nothing hard. should be mandatory for anybody. In the no, world. exactly. But at the same time, like if you sit down and go, this is probably something this that you really should maybe kind of do. Yeah. 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 That brings me to cults because we had oh boy we had some <laughs> we had some friends <laughs> arrive uh, and be uh, guests at the hostel and that's what I was thinking it's like their message isn't terribly bad it's just that they I feel like they make they want it to be mandatory like just like the guy from okay so let's explain a little bit uh, we had friends from I'm asking him for paper right now. That pen's kind of... Okay, it's working. Do I need to know what that is? No, or? I will. I just want to remember. <laughs> I just want to remember. I'm, I'm really tired, people. I'm really yeah. tired. We're trying, to, we're trying to do this because I have to, like... Tomorrow night, I am going to... Uh, uh, once that bell goes off, there is no talking. Yeah. There's no talking. So, yeah, we're... We had these, uh, yeah, as I said, friends from Landmark Forum come be a guest at the hostel and they they push this idea of uh it's like it's kind of like ego death it reminds me of the um, what are those called back in greece where they had people would go through the cave and they would they, they, well they would take this uh this psychedelic drink and they would go mm-hmm. through the cave what was it called and then the cave in the cave they would um was that in they delphi would insult them and whatever and, uh, they would basically be, people would just insult them as they pass through the cave, and then when they're on the that's like yeah, I'm thinking of Game yeah. of Thrones right there. Shame, yeah. shame, and a breakdown. I don't remember what it's called, but um, it reminds me of that, but uh, in a more brainwashy way. 
and uh, they had this guy. We watched this YouTube video. Uh, the the CEO, what, uh, he, there's two CEOs I think. I mean, he's one of the CEOs of Panda Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and, and and basically they're like, would you like the uh, leadership levels of Panda Express? Would you would you hire someone? Who would you say it's mandatory to for them to have done the landmark forum? Um, to 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 be to be a leader in Panda Express. And they said it's not mandatory, but it, it's probably wouldn't hire you if you didn't well that's the pause once you have the pause you know that like they like when you ask somebody a yes or no question they go uh that that means no yeah you're gonna try to explain to why you're gonna say something like that no he's he's he's. so let's 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 go deep now into cults no but really quick before you go that i will say the one thing about that that got me really excited was i did not realize that the people that work at panda express put that much love into their food it makes me better about. It makes me feel better about going to a food court. I will say that. Fuck, I won't eat Panda Express though because it's not good. They probably put that weird cult juice in it. The vegetables not good. The, the noodles are real stiff. Yeah, no. The vegetables not... are. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just all the food. It's it 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 tastes too plastic. You know, too too uh, too fake. It's I'd like, rather have less but have it be better. Like, cause it is a mound of food. Like, if you want to spend seven dollars yeah. on food, I mean, it's... I remember in college there was one day where it was glorious and just hungover in the morning, and uh, there was a Panda Express right across the street from yeah. us at the student union, and uh, I think someone had extra <clears throat> money on their card or whatever, and I was like, I just took that across the street, got us some Panda Express, we we went ham on the. And the Panda Express. Exactly. You know what's glorious. really funny though? It was just one time though. It was, it was terrible. I, I objectively knew that it was really bad. But uh, you have to ask yourself. That day. You have to ask yourself, like, uh, how fast is the Panda Express? It's yeah. sort of an oxymoron in and of itself. Yeah, pandas, pandas are not are, fucking yeah. fast. Pandas are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're so strange. Imagine Should have been extinct a long time ago. I don't know. They have um, so cults. But. <laughs> now I'm derailing. Let's go. Panda Express does that. Those of you at home, just you might not know anything about the Landmark Forum, but you you can definitely go on YouTube and look up this video. Just type in Panda Express Landmark Forum, and it's a trip and a half. So we can get we can dive now into the cult. Yeah. So, but the one thing I wanted to say about that. Yes. Like and actually, actually to bring into that, okay. the thing is, is that, um, like, uh, like you were saying a, a few minutes earlier, uh, like, their the messages are not bad, the messages are not bad. Yeah, they, they Take control of your life, you know. Be good you to know, other be people. Good to other people. Do these other things. These these are not it's happiness. Things. Happiness exercises. But essentially. Probably as we go deeper, like uh, we did another episode. I, I was I was raised in a cult. I was raised in a Christian cult, and uh, nobody ever comes out and says this is a cult. Nobody ever does that. Um, to, but to me, my definition of a cult is people um, that give their power to somebody else. That's that's kind of that's kind of the bottom line definition. Because my father was like the, the head of the church, and I grew up around just seeing. What's the What's the background be- behind this? Uh... Ah, this group. Oh, you call it a cult, but I, I don't yeah, know no, that no, much no, about okay, it. Okay, living so. water. That's called living water, and actually, it started out. Um, you know, my dad was not, um, you know, a bad man. Uh, 
or I don't know, or he, yeah, I get, I don't, he, I, he didn't, he didn't want to start a cult, um, but the bottom line is this, not bottom line, but the way it happened was, is my father had had a, uh, Hodgkin's uh, cancer, he had Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, from the time I was conceived till I was seven years old, um, and he'd always been a little bit religious. I, I had kind of talked to my grandmother afterwards, and she said that he had always been a little bent in that direction. And, you know, he talked about conversing with other situations, if you will. And uh, um, he, uh, he was supposed to, he was in stage four of uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he was supposed to die. And uh, he went into... He, uh, he had prayed or something like that, and he had went into uh, the doctor's office and said, um, I was told by God I'm healed. I'm not coming back for any more treatments. And the doctor said, you're going to be dead in two weeks on a stretcher. And my father never had cancer again, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he never went back in there, um, but he went into like some sort of full remission or something. But the issue with him was his... Uh, they had taken his spleen out because that was something that they did. They don't do it anymore. They took his spleen out and he, uh, he, uh, he got pneumococcal meningitis and when he got strep throat because his spleen actually fights off certain bacteria. So, so he did that. But the thing was, is, uh, I found out later that when you re remove the spleen, I found this out by studying Chinese medicine, that the spleen is very important for like grounding, grounding. And this is my own personal thing, but I think cults kind of work like this. I don't know if they all their spleens removed, but it looks like it. Kind of fucking looks like it. Um, so it's 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 not grounding. So, but I would see individuals like uh, after this, and my father would actually hands on heal people. This was another thing that fucked with me, is he would hands on heal people, and they would get healed. Like they like legit get healed. Like he didn't make some the same way that he was. Fixed. Yeah, sorta. He didn't. He didn't grow. He didn't. They didn't grow like new limbs or something. I didn't see him uh, make somebody like step up out of like a thing. But there was like healings that went on. So that was something as being like a young, uh, a young person watching all this stuff going around. And my parents didn't really have much dialogue with me about it. They had adult dialogue with me. So like I got the adult stuff. I I, I like to call myself a revelation baby. <laughs> You know, I was born like end times, new world order, um, that type of Christian background. Um, but you, so that was an early dilemma for me. It was like seeing like things happen that were considered, I would consider to be good um, and not understanding why God would do it. You know, you're looking around and you're seeing like, especially when you're involved in like church life and you're going around and you see the hypocrisy that goes on. Like even as a small, small child, I'd see somebody stand up on, on stage during Sunday stuff, and you knew that he was, like, fucking some other chick or something like that. That's not his wife. And I was disgusted, even as, like, a small child. But there were still, like, blessings and, like, miracles that would happen in there, I guess, you know? So, uh, and that's, as I get older, I tried to find out how that happened, which got a little... But, but to me, the, 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 the definition of a cult is when somebody, um, it's very much like, like guruism. It's like, I will, I will never have a fucking guru. I don't care who he is. I don't care if Jesus came down and said, I'm going to be your guru. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No guru. No man. No man. Um, so, uh, as far as the landmark people come down there, uh, 
funny enough, uh, I had handed uh, I had handed you that little note that said cult because they sort of descended upon us, like, and it was funny because like I I I I got that smell. I knew the smell, and uh, uh, it was very it was kind of sad that this woman who obviously had been through some sort of uh, you know had a rough lifestyle would uh you know her life seemed to be better than it was prior which is great which is really good but from the conversation that we had uh she did not take her own power she gave her power to something else to and it's relying on that relying on a collective which which once again like how are you approaching that collective because there is power in the collective. There is there is power in individuals like coming together and but you can't lose sight of the individual. You can't give your power to somebody else. You can't do that because we're here to make decisions for ourselves. You know, we're here. And to on do top that. of that, what's to say that other people know better than you for what's good for you? Exactly. Well, that's one of the things too. Like being raised in like Christian background, that's that's. I always ask people like, who wrote the Bible? And I always love when they say God. I said so. God got God got paper and a pen to write this down. God got paper and a pen. And then they go, no man. I said so. Then you have to, you have to, you have to allow, even if you understand, believe that narrative, you have to allow for the fact that. That individual still had a human ego and was involved in culture. So we gotta and, history. Look, and history. And history. So we got to kind of look at it a little bit different. Like, it's so funny that people look at it and they're like, well, back in this. It, and it's like, first of all, the Bible's fucking edited. It's not. It's not. Translated six times. It's translated six times. There's certain words that you can't translate over. And I mean, uh, it's amazing. Uh, that's one of the things that I hated, like, knowing that. And I went to Catholic school. So I was immersed in the Bible from like two different directions, and uh, just knowing how confused people would get, and like seeing how people would use certain things from the Bible, certain certain sayings, certain areas, like this craving an aversion, craving an aversion. This I love this verse because this verse makes me feel better. I do not like this verse because this verse does not make me feel better. It's amazing uh, when you see people that like certain verses that they usually follow a particular theme. They don't usually have the whole thing. Now, the Bible itself, I would say that if you know how to read it and you can actually go back and uh, uh, understand the context and cross-reference it, yes, there's a lot of knowledge that's in that book. Um, but I don't believe that if a Martian is on Mars and does not have a Bible and has not accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, that he will burn in hell for eternity. Yeah, what's up with that? Just humans get to go to... I know. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a, it's great. You get a good tan. <laughs> you end up looking like Snooky. You end up looking like the cast of... Uh... <laughs> Jesus, I haven't thought about Jersey Shore in a long time. Oh, Jersey Shore, exactly. Jesus. <laughs> it was a long time ago, man. But yeah, so I would say, like, as far as cults are concerned, like, whenever you see somebody give, give up their power to another person. Or to words. Or to words. Um, one, of the, one of my really good teachers, uh, one of my good, uh, my yoga teacher had said some, and he said when, you know, he basically said, you know, whenever the guru puts his well-being above your well-being or tries to control yourself, then 
he's just not a person or she is not a person to be around. And it, it, it's a, uh, who is it? Hildebrand. This is what I like. Um, my mother had made me, which is funny, because my mother made me read this, um, talks about children and their parents. And I look at spiritual, like real spiritual leaders, like like children and parents. And he said, it's not, it's not the, uh, it's not the parent's job. He said, he said, the children are like arrows in a quiver. And the only job of the parent is to pull back as far on that bow as possible and release that arrow as far as it goes. So if you're invested in like a, what somebody does or you're something you're not doing right by that person you should just be there and be selfless and by selfless that doesn't mean that you just don't care but you don't attach yourself to like what they do you try to further that person so anybody that like people and that metaphor is ridiculous because um it brings me back to zen and the art of archery um removal of the ego yeah. from the from from the from the act of pulling back a bow and releasing the arrow yeah <laughs> it's funny it will go where it goes and if you have a pure heart it will go where it needs to go i guess would be the way to say it but so like you just say have so many people i want you to do this i want you to do that so uh so as far as the landmark stuff i was uh Concern. Now, as far as landmark stuff, without going over there, that 36 hours being in that room, they only give you water, you can only piss, like, sometimes, and then basically they break you down. Because sleep deprivation and stuff, I understand these things, sleep deprivation and stuff uh, will produce, like, a really strong emotional, like, uh, one of their big things is, like, you cry and you break down and you spew all of your nonsense in front in catharsis you know is, is a really good thing you know you hear about people that like beat up pillows and do stuff but i just know from science and i just know from like the way that things work that, that that's a topical level and we get back to the vipassana or ayahuasca or something like that that actually deals with the subconscious that's where you really want to that's where you want to dive into the subconscious yes. the subconscious the subconscious controls 95 percent of our behaviors mm-hmm like, Ever, I, I, didn't, I didn't go over that with you, did I? With, when I was studying uh, strategic military theory, we, we went over the the role of the subconscious. Um, because in a nutshell, basically, we, we, we went into the how the subconscious takes all of the factors, everything, all these, all your thoughts and everything. It, it, it provides you with a whole range of decision possibilities. It's Google. And then, and then your your consciousness removes it. It says no. It's it 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 says no to a bunch of them. It chooses the one that it wants the most. Yeah. But the, the subconscious is, has all of them. Yes. The subconscious has the truth. Yes. <laughs> Inside joke, people. Watch watch Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's great. Yeah. But, no, exactly. Well, that's the thing is, is uh, I think uh, I, I saw the same exact statement in uh, What the Bleep Do We Know? And in the brain, the brain or the consciousness picks the one that's the most pleasing. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when you think pleasing, you think, you know, uh, just going to throw this out, like, attractive woman on a beach somewhere. Like, No. What's attractive to them, you have to understand that the body becomes addicted to emotions. It like it does. Like like a heroin addict. It doesn't matter if it's happiness, certain things. We become addicted to everything. 
can be addicted to exercise. You can be addicted, like, when you lose your power to anything, no bueno, no bueno. So, where was I going with that? I just got really fired up a little bit. I don't know, but... Yeah. Wait, so you're saying that some days I shouldn't go for a run when I don't feel like it? No, 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 no. I don't... No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when, when you become, like... A, we can become addicted. We can become addicted to anything. Like uh, anything, really. Anything, yeah. anything. We can become addicted to being treated wrongly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that's where I'm going with that. Where yeah, it's like, you, you, there's you certain some thi- sort of comfort in, yeah. in in a moment where you were actually being abused. But to get back to that, it sort of feels like a base level, like a comfort. Well, level. the crackhead comfort. knows that crack is bad for them. There's not a single crackhead that'll sit down and be like, this is healthy. They know it's bad, but there's something inside the body that just requires that. It's just like, like I said, bad relationships, um, anxiety or something like that. Isn't that a sad thing? Isn't that a sad thing that you can be like addicted to anxiety? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is it's because, because we are emotional. Our bodies are just operating on a, I'm just used to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do what I need to do to keep that situation going right there. Like, not like our body's dumb. Our body's extremely smart, but it's it doesn't do that. Like we we inform it. So, uh, yeah, that's great. But yeah, we get addicted to those things. Like uh, addiction to uh, what do they say? Addiction to like emotions is no different than being addicted to heroin. Like as far as like on on a on a scientific level in the brain. The same receptors mm-hmm. in our brains receive. Like it's as simple as like dopamine. Yeah. Just reward systems. We just need to learn how our bodies work, man. I feel like if people really, if we actually really understood how our bodies work, and I'm not preaching like I do everything proper because I definitely do not. Neither do but I. I do know, but I do know. But I do know that that is the truth. Like both of us are, are cognizant of the fact that. For example, lots of sugar is bad, and there's way too much sugar. But this I, gin will make me drunk. <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking, I mean, I chocolate like a motherfucker, but there's, there's just a lot of sugar. Well, chocolate in the chocolate in the body is uh, what it does with all like the different uh, chemicals that it has. Well, not chemicals, but the all the different components that it has in it is the closest thing to ingesting love in the body. It really is. It's a real thing. You have to look up David Wolf. You have to look David up David Wolf. You know David Wolf? No. Oh, dude. David Avocado Wolf. Um, yeah, he was pretty awesome. Well, but yeah, who is, what is he? Oh, he's a crazy raw foodist, a saint priest, and stuff like that. And he's definitely... Uh, so even when it comes down to raw chocolate, is that without? that's without all the sugar? Yeah. But the thing is, is when I ate when I ate a bunch of cacao nibs, like we ate the uh, artichokes the other day, mm-hmm. you know, it was fucking fantastic. We felt great. Yeah, I okay, know. yeah, we gotta get into that because I had I don't think I don't know if I've had artichoke before. That so we found a bunch of artichokes in the free food bin at the hostel, and we we had how's it? We boiled it. Well, you want to kind of boil, but you kind of want to steam, and you kind of want to, like, not, like, boil the shit out of it. So what's the process, then? How much water? Like, uh, I do, like, boiling? halfway up, and I keep turning it over, and I kind of get it so that it steams really good, so it's a slow boil, because I don't want to boil all the nutrients out of it, but, uh... 
How long because should, how, if I were to get... I did it for an hour. An hour? So I brought it, yeah. Uh, like medium heat? Well, no, I bring it to a full boil, and then I put it down on like medium low, okay. and then I'll leave it for like the rest or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I feel like if I had like a steamer, that would be the best way to do it. If yeah. I could steam it for like two hours... Mm-hmm. And come in and just be like, because you could see there was more stuff to get off. But yeah, it's yeah. just a long process. It's a tough plant. Like it's a weird plant, right? It's, it's weird. fucking weird. It's really <laughs> fucking weird. I mean, a, a lot of uh, plants are just weird, but this one, I felt this weird. It's like a plant that thing. gave up on being a pineapple. It's like a pl- right. It's like a plant from <laughs> a different planet. Yeah. It's like we got we were blessed to have an import from a different planet. I like at the end it has those little like things that hurt, like little thorns too. Mm. It's like what is like what So the process is like steam it like this for an hour, uh, and then with butter. Yeah, I do it with butter or something like I that. I probably would skip the butter. I would probably do like I was talking to Danny about this, maybe having like sort of a dip. Some other Well, make it dip. into a dip. That's when you take you, like Yeah, you can make it in but I was saying like with the uh, the leaves, or they leave. I feel like we're starting a cult right now. Give up your power. But fucking uh, uh, Maybe having hummus on the side and just dipping the the, the leaves in and oh, putting off something exactly, like that. or like salsa or something. It's, like, it's is... like a chip, you know. It's like an alternative to a potato chip. Imagine being able to do that and then going down and crabbing and taking a little dungeness crab and putting a little dungeness crab on there with a touch of butter and maybe a little bit. Of Oh, you're going deep. You're going I know. deep. Um, I'm going deep in the food. So, what, what kind of uh, takeaways do you have with your experience in so-called cults, or experience with so-called cults? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, It's awful. It's awful. It's really sad. Lives are ruined. I can't even tell you the amount of, like, everybody that was involved in the church's lives was... Uh, um uh horrible honestly even to this day i mean you take people that that's the thing is is when when you take a person or a group of people and they put so much time and effort into uh um giving all their power to a particular person and that person see that's the reason you don't do it that's the reason you don't do it because we always project onto somebody else as being this amazing person and guess what the Buddha probably wasn't as awesome of a person as we think he is. You know what I mean? He, he had his stuff. flaws. He had his flaws. Well, not his his flaws, but I mean culturally, like he did things that were like you know, he you know he was just a Debbie, like a, he was a Debbie dad. Like he like he did like these were yeah, things yeah. that he did. You know what I mean? Just and, like a lot, just like a uh, Gandhi. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, just that's like most of them, or just uh, like Martin, Martin Luther King, Luther King yeah. and all these other things. They're people. So. The true guru releases you from yourself, releases you from yourself, or, or facilitates that motion. So having that person in front of you that does that is like a, a, an impedance uh, to the next level of understanding, because uh, it just doesn't work that way. Like, we're not here for that. We're just not here for that. And I can imagine that's like uh, being in this kind of group and relinquishing your power is the just the ultimate um how was, how was I gonna say it? Just the ultimate attachment. One of yeah. the ultimate, ultimate way of attachment. You just attach yourself to something else. But I mean think about and, it even uh, imagine that, that floor just being 
removed from below you. You're, just you're done. You're, yeah. You're done. That's why if you take, like, you know, I like to look at it as, like, you know, there's all these different points, and I'm writing it right now. There's all these different points. Now, if, if all these different points are, like, focused on this thing, and like you were saying, the floor drops out there. But if you have, you take those same 25 points, and those 25 points are strong within themselves, but they agree with each other, what level of strength is there? You know what I mean? That's when you get into, like, samurai shit. And I'm not, samurai did some bad shit, not getting it, but I'm just saying, when you have control of your mind to that level, or you have a, a, a wider way of looking at the world or something like that, how much more powerful is it when you have all these different individuals that are individuals but are still collective? That's the issue. As opposed to, like, bored mind. That's the issue with dogma. That's the, what it comes down to, dogma. If you, if, uh, you, you can't challenge, if you can't challenge any aspect, you should challenge all aspects of, of, of your perception, but if you can't challenge aspects of your perception, then that's dogma. So how do you think it felt for me to go to Catholic fucking school? And then? Because <laughs> I was like, my dad is a preacher of God. He's been here, like, I, he like I've, I've always been like this. I don't, I've always been like this. My teachers either loved me or fucking hated me. And when I was around nuns, they would just, like, shut the fuck up. They even told me they were going to put me in a closet with a spanking machine. I was in third grade. I was like, I don't want to go in that closet. Or did you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, you had to question your perception on it, right? Well, I saw, I, well, I saw <laughs> like, wait, is that good? Is that, yeah. Well, I, you know, or the funny bad. thing was... Are you sure it's bad? In third grade, uh, you know, I had Sister Miriam Patrice, and it was so fucking weird. I had graduated high school, and I was up in uh, the city that was uh, uh, not too far. I had went to school in, like, Worcester, Massachusetts. But I saw her sitting on a bench in the city that I had moved into, and I was, like, 18 years old. And I was third grade when I had seen her last, and I remember she was so mean that she had fall, fallen down, like, her staircase in, like, where she lived, where the nuns lived. And she broke her leg, and I refused to go see her. I, like, in third grade, like, I was that, I was like, no, I don't like her. I don't care. Mm. Like, and that's not nice, but no, I was, I was consistent with it. Um, but I saw her, like, 26 years later, sitting on a park bench in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, and she had not aged a day. And that's when I realized that she is not human. She made a deal with <laughs> She the did something. I don't know what she Faust. did. But she did not. Like, she was old as shit when I saw her. And the second time I saw her, like, she didn't. Like, you need to age in 26 years, even if you're old. You have to look like Mr. Burns part de. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you didn't say anything, you just saw, observed. Are you oh, sure I was afraid of her. It was Sister Marion Patrice. There's okay. no way. Sister Marion Patrice. There was no way that I mistook this woman. And I, uh... mm. So speaking about ingesting this artichoke, let's move, pivot in some way to our last topic, ayahuasca. All right, what do we have for time so I know that... Uh, we got like 15 minutes. We have 15 minutes. Want to take a pause because... Uh, take a breath. Can we pause? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we're back from our piss and smoke break. So, what were we talking about? And... 
Ah, uh, yeah, jumping into ayahuasca. Let's do it. Okay, so, really quickly... For people who don't know what ayahuasca is, let's give them an introduction. Okay, so ayahuasca is the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, it's, you will not think that when you do it, <laughs> but you will think about that later. Um, ayahuasca is... Uh, 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 it's it's a combination of two plants. It's uh, uh, the shikuna leaf and a particular bark that you put together that you drink. You like you can smoke DMT. DMT is in the brain. It gets released in moss when you die. So it's 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 a um, it's part of our natural lifestyle. When you're in REM sleep. Yeah. So dreams are from it, for example. Yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so the thing is, is that um, uh, Central American shamans for thousands and thousands of years, and think about this for a second, though, they were dealing with like so many different things that we didn't have to deal with as far as like daily life. You know what I mean? Like, like if crops failed, like they died, whole things died. You know what I mean? Like they were like really close to the earth. So, um, they learned through living close to the earth and stuff. And they even say, uh, one of my favorite stories is. Uh, about down in South America, they uh, they take this particular poison, if you will, and they use blow darts and they uh, take out monkeys with it and they eat the monkeys. And uh, when some of these uh, anthropologists have gone down and studied with them, they go, "How do you know this?" And they go, "The plants told us this." So when you go down to Central America, plants have a huge thing, and they consider ayahuasca to have the highest level of consciousness. Now, that being said. I can say that yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, when you're dealing with this type of situation, you're you're dealing with like an intelligence, and like it's very humbling. It's extremely humbling that you're dealing with a. a, a, a let's back up a little. So you go in and you you drink this this brew that's put together, um, and uh, it's the world's most powerful hallucinogen. Uh, it puts you in a it puts you definitely in a different frame of mind. But what it does is it bypasses all of your um, conscious mind. And it goes right to your subconscious. So what ends up happening is is that things that you haven't dealt with, things that are on the precipice of you dealing with, or things that are holding you back, will be presented to you. Right out in front of you. By a woman. <laughs> Mama Aya. Um, they always say that. Yeah, Mama Aya. Everyone who does it. It becomes very apparent that you're dealing with something intelligent. Because for the first, I would say, uh, you have a chance to go four times. Um, and it's illegal in America, so I guess I did not do it in America. We did not partake. In we America, did not inhale. This did not happen. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Actually, I totally had sexual relations with that one. Uh, she dominated the shit out of me. Um, but uh, you you go in there, and it's uh, my own personal experience, and everybody has different experiences. So uh, we kind of had a contract with each other. Like, we, we talked with each other. And it was funny because, like, as I'm having this conversation uh, uh, with this uh, entity or uh, Gaia, or, or, like, which is ultimately what ends up being is, like, a... A feminine energy is a uh, you uh, you just realize that you're 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 speaking with something that's way more intelligent. And I couldn't understand that I understood English. 
like you can have conversations like that. You know, like how do you understand English? It's like how do I not understand English? I've been here since forever, and it's like you know, it's funny. Um, but you deal with your subconscious. You go through. Um, you get well. Is uh, uh, I would hate to say that it's a goal because you shouldn't have a goal at that point in time. Um, but you get well, so you'll have these emotions that will come up, and they come up very strong. Like you'll you'll relive them, you'll see them, things that you've repressed, and uh, you get well, which means you throw up or you shit. And it's amazing that like there's a physical manifestation of this anxiety that comes out of you, and then you feel you feel better afterwards. Um, so you go through this process over and over, and you get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and it's once again, it's a very powerful hallucinogen. So you see, you see things, um, and you get taught things, and uh, at the very least, if you don't want to think about it as being like a conscious individual, um, it definitely uh, perturbs your consciousness to the point that it forces you to think in a different way. So there's nothing bad about it. Especially when you're dealing with people that are very smart, intelligent, know what they're doing. Uh, take the... I always like to tell people, nobody's doing ayahuasca and going to the club. <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be, oh my God. I can't even imagine. You know how hard it is to do that stuff and just lay in a spot? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking challenge. <laughs> Never mind, we have to go to Subway. We have to go to Subway, but no. No. I can't imagine. So don't have tests. I almost want to make a movie about somebody doing ayahuasca and just going out on the town and trying they, to have a good time. They no. do. They do. They did on Vice uh, doing blank on acid. They went to like a monster truck rally. Um, that'd be too loud. Yeah, I feel like that'd just be the guy was just so. Uh, what's the what's the best adjective for it? He was so. Uh, well, generally uncomfortable and just. Baffled, I guess. Is the, he was just baffled. He, he had this. He was just had his head, head in his hands and just baffled by. That sounds like the worst choice to ever do a hallucinogen is to go to like a monster truck rally. They also did it would like be cool a, for like a minute. We also did a dog show. <laughs> he did the dog show. Yeah, that sounds way more better. But still, it's very strange. Like, you just. Well, you're well, not. These things bring these things bring to your attention a different perspective. The things that you know, I, I don't know about ayahuasca, but I know for for acid or mushrooms. Yeah, it's you, the you, same. It's the you, same thing. you know what it is. You're like, this is a cup, but I see this or this uh, is a jar. <laughs> yeah, these are just words. They don't control us, but it's that cup is a jar, but it's not a door. Yes, <laughs> and you're just like, you look at things and you know exactly what they are, but from a different perspective. So if you're, I know. You go, I know this is a dog show. I know what a dog show entails. I know what dogs are. I know what their, their whole end game is with this dog show. And then when you're on, if you're on acid, and I can imagine if you're on acid and at a, at a, at a dog show, you're just like, oh, well, I know what it is, but this is very, very a strange perspective. Well, what it is exactly is this, to a certain extent. What it is exactly, it's like we're used to looking at the world through a keyhole. And then you take ayahuasca, or you take psilocybin mushrooms. I feel like I want to be like Terence McKenna right now and talk about the singularity. But but still, <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like kicking that door open and having that whole thing be open. So the thing is, it's like 
Um, it's like having, like, the way we live right now is like having bad Google, like beta Google. That like only, shit, yeah, shit like shit Google, like shit Google. Shit and, then, and then all of a sudden, like, you put yourself in a state where, like, you can, you know, your ego's kind of kicked to the side. I call it my golem. No, it's my golem, dude. Okay. Like my golem. He talks shit. He talks shit. He does the same thing. But they want to steal your fishes. And you realize that like that's the voice that's always in your head doing that. It's funny when you do ayahuasca. She just completely... She does not give fucks about him at all. Oh, that's so good. Does not give fucks. Like she's not even... It's humorous. It's humorous to her. Like you feel the humorousness of it. <laughs> like you do. Because I remember, like, the, the, like when you first start, t when you take the medicine, like, all of a sudden, like, there's the fear aspects kick in. We're getting into, like, the normal things where all, like, the programming comes in. And that descends upon you very quickly. You're like, oh, no, no, this is, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, she fucking comes down, dude. And uh, uh, I really kind of want to throw a good thing out there for her because, like, there's a lot of people that get, like, really freaked out about doing it. And, I don't know, maybe it's because I have such, like, a radical background. Um, yes, it's very, very hard. It's very hard. It's There's moments that you're just like, oh, my God. But at the same time, I always like to say people to people, um, what I've seen over there is no, it's not scarier than what I've seen here. So I think it's a little bit easier to deal with. Um, but it's a she's a teacher. She, she, she is the earth. And it's and it's and it's a real thing. I'm I'm really excited to see how this is going to, because uh, uh, you know my background as far as being a marine, uh, PTSD, and all this other stuff. Um, all these pharmaceuticals and stuff like that don't help with that. But think about like these people in the Amazon that had to live in these like the, they were masters of the mind. They were masters of hard situations, and these plants were so important to their like well-being and their healing and the reverence that they have for them um and these are people that like lived in areas where like like real danger was like a regular situation now conversely we live in a situation where real danger is like we live in real danger every day it's like slow danger it's slow death we live in slow death i can go i can go to a fucking grocery store and buy a package of meat that's not danger back in the day to get to get enough protein that was real danger. Yeah. Real danger. Well, I asked my friend to get a meal. Like, I give someone a piece of paper and they give me food. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like, if I, if I don't go out there and have the right, grab the right plants or kill the right animal, I'm going to starve. And my, my friends are all going to starve. Yeah. What do, like, what do we have like as, as far as anxiety now? If I come home late, my wife will be mad. Or, or, or if, if I post I, something on Facebook and people I, don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That last night at Vipassana. I'm embarrassed that that was actually something that frightened me. That somebody puts on my Facebook. But, um, <laughs> I did, I did. Like, but then when you're in Vipassana or when you're like in Vipassana or something like that, like, you're going to deal with all that stuff. So it's like stuff that we just, uh, um, you know, that's Western society as far as, like, Western, Western medicine goes. Like, Band-Aid. Put a Band-Aid on it. You know, don't think about it. Uh, you know, put your attention in this direction. But the thing is, is that uh, uh, one of my first Kung Fu teachers, Dr. Yang Wing Ming, had said, you know, the problem with, like, Western medicine is this, is it's, like, it suppresses things. 
it's about suppression. And the thing is, is that the one thing we have to learn learn about is that when the body or the mind is like in a painful situation, that is informing us that something needs to be different. It can't be like that. Um, we need to figure out a way to like not have it be like that. But we're so used to, uh, you know, we live in a, a society where, you know, we we we're confused on purpose, but we love the confusion. It's an addiction, cult. See, see, cult, cult is not just these little little pockets. Cult is bigger than that. Like we live. This is the cult of uh, the world. Cult of addiction. The cult of addiction. So, how do you think? What's our takeaway from all this? How do we walk away? Boy, I don't know. We're gonna have to do another episode. Is what I'm gonna think. Is uh, um, I am a fan of both things. It's amazing that I gain benefits uh from both the vipassana, where I do the vipassana. There's no, I barely drink. I have a tea, as far as caffeine's concerned. Um, you only eat a certain amount. You only do that, and and. I get I, I get put into a state of like a consciousness that is very informing, very real, very baseline, um, but very intense while you're going through the process, and uh, that's one of the things that amazes me that it's very similar to the ayahuasca on some certain levels. Um, that when the mind is still, it actually is very exciting because it shows how powerful the mind is to me what it's capable of doing. Um, I would say the bottom line to this is that I think very simply put, we have to keep the child's mind. That's the most important thing because when you are a full child, from the age of uh, inception to six, you learn a language, you learn a culture. You're an alien. You're an alien. You're this little fucking weird thing that just shows up. You're an alien. But working with that and learning how to understand that, how that affects you and how that shapes you is uh, extremely important. And uh, uh, we're not taught that, not in this culture anyway. We're taught to conform. Well, we're taught to like take an aspirin and just go to work. That's the thing, conform to, to how yeah. this works. Yeah, to how this works. And it's like, you know, you look at, it's like, you know, I, I when I was younger, because I love animals and stuff like that, um, we would go to this, uh, it's called Southwick's Animal Farm. And uh, they had Smoke and Joe. Smoke and Joe was a uh, chimpanzee that uh, was at Southwick Park. And I was little, so this was like 30 years ago or something like that. And people would just like flick their cigarettes into his thing and he would just smoke cigarettes all day long. And if you didn't throw him a cigarette, he'd be fucking pissed. And even as a young child, I was like, this fucking monkey fucking really wants that nicotine. You know what I mean? Like, and then I was like, why is he like, like, like it, it did, it set off like a firestorm. I was like, why is this this is a fucking monkey. He really loves those cigarettes. Because he really did. 
and he would spit at you if you didn't give him like a cigarette like he was mad and it was funny it was like smoking joe and i was like i was like i wish i took it i wish i i had a cell phone at that time so i could take a picture and i could keep it so that i could send it out now and superimpose like human beings on it because that's exactly what we're doing that's exactly what we're doing exactly what we're doing you're in a cage and you're just kind of making do just kind of making do i was a little bit happy today i was a little bit happy not real happy but i smoked a cigarette you know it's gross well <laughs> we're coming up on our time that was kind of a downer <laughs> yeah oh, all right. it's all good but we're gonna you're gonna have an amazing time at your was that a downer should i do like not downer that's what everyone no okay let's go beyond the downer okay so on the flip side of this all right no because i can't i can't have no this why not listen no attachment no attachment no no, no attachment. this is no but that doesn't mean that you don't do anything that doesn't mean you don't do anything. It means that you do what's proper and like you're not attached to the outcome. So I'm not attached to this outcome, but still I would like to like uh, be more correct. I think that mindfulness is the way to be. Understanding somebody else, understanding yourself, and actually investing time into that situation creates things that are amazing for you and being like stuck into your own way of being, your own thought processes um, can be very uh, segregating. So in order to be like a full person, you have to realize that you are an individual, but simultaneously um, involved in a larger thing. Sounds very simple, sounds very simple, but most people can't give that up. They can't understand the fact that you can be a more, you can be a brighter individual within a collective of interesting awesome people as opposed to just being this crazy person on the street just like yelling things out and stuff like that and i think that's you know i feel bad for some people that are uh, homeless that are doing stuff like that because i know that they've touched on that and they've they've had their heart broken oh dude i just fucking got sad again <laughs> all right i don't know all right, all right i'm gonna get we'll, we'll do another episode when you come back exactly i'm gonna be more positive. things will be brighter i'm not not positive right now <laughs> no attachment it's not bad or good it's just we're thinking about things okay. on a deeper level than an everyday person going to do yes. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. All right, thanks, Jamie. We'll see you next time. <laughs>